really, it's possible. Uh, you know, these things are not so much about information. They are really uh, about uh, a con continuity uh, that is uh, part of our practice. So, uh, traditionally we say, oh, 80% uh, of your attention should be in your body. 80%. So there's a way of, in a sense, um, keeping that uh, awareness uh, physically uh, of what it is that's uh, happening in the room not just, you know, you hearing and thinking, okay? So tonight, uh, I would like to, um, this is really an exploration of uh, some of the aspects of liberation and uh, the, the, um, the identifiable, some identifiable pieces that are uh, around uh, the whole idea and the whole process of liberation. So I wanted to start, and then I have, before I read my poem and all that, I wanted to just tell a little story, you know, because I was thinking about, um, I don't know why, maybe because I feel like maybe this is the, maybe the last time I sit here, it could be, you know, you never know. Uh, yeah, but you never know. But you know, I want to say, uh, you know, um, and I really don't usually talk about this, uh, 48 years ago, that's a few years ago, uh, I'd been in the Dharma maybe about five years, and um, I was, uh, been traveling with Tibetans, and uh, I was pretty out there, you know? Uh, but I was uh, really uh, impressed with uh, the teachings and the teachers at that time. And I happened to go to Bodhgaya where the Buddha was uh, enlightened. And I attended a retreat and uh, kind of on the 29th day of that retreat, uh, lightning struck me. And I got what this was all about on a certain level, you know, uh, of kind of what we, what is really a process of deconstruction. Of, this is a deconstruction process. And um, I wanted to say, you know, it was a really interesting retreat. There were 40 people there. And uh, there was, uh, I think sometimes it was maybe due to the people, because there was uh, uh, Daniel Goldman, there was Krishna Das, there was Ram Das, uh, there was Wes Nisker, uh, there was Jacqueline Mandel, uh, there was, um, you know, it was, it was this, today we'd say, uh, uh, and outside was Sultram Alion and Anne Klein, and it was just an amazing uh, kind of gathering together uh, of, of a, a very, uh, now today I would say elite tribe, you know? And it, it made me understand this whole thing around karma, you know, that somehow uh, none of this process has been accident. You're not here, but this isn't, there's no accident you're here. You know that, you know? It's been a kind of unfolding process uh, that we all have this, uh, I think sometimes a magnet that pulls us uh, in a sense of, you could say a destiny uh, to begin this uh, unraveling or this deconstruction process of all the stuff we've built up to, to think who we are, you know. 
and uh, that that little moment it's 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 still changing my life you know and uh, I'm I'm so appreciative that you know whatever karmic uh, conditions uh, allowed uh, me to be there at that time and the circumstances so I want to talk about liberation and I want to talk about some of the aspects of liberation because uh, there really are in some ways uh, there are fundamental pieces here uh, that we uh, work with on a certain level. And uh, the first one is just, you know, this word anicca. We work with impermanence. Impermanence, actually, to see into impermanence, uh, which, by the way, you're going to, you, we know in our minds, you all know everything is impermanent. That's, that's not the thing. It's somehow in these practices we start to get it on a almost a cellular level that uh, the uh, the conditioning we have created to freeze our world. You know, our, our brains actually are in a sense of protection uh, from the truth. That somehow uh, it is uh, creating uh, through our senses a solid and stable environment. And that solid and stable environment uh, appears to be solid. And because it appears to be solid, and we believe the solidity of it, we miss something. And that's really what the liberation of this anicca and permanence is about, is we begin to recognize that, um, what is this? You know, it's so ironic. You come here, and you're going to sit, and you're going to get silent, and get, uh, you know, still, and it's so ironic. You want to get still? You know, that's, first of all, it's an oxymoron. You know? Uh, because actually to still yourself uh, is, what is the purpose of stilling oneself here is actually to see into movement. You know? It is, it is actually, that's the fundamentals, the purpose. It's to see into the fact that everything is in flux, everything is change. And it is a great liberating factor uh, to begin to see that. Because ultimately, you know, we all, you know, in a sense, we all have a time clock and you don't know anything about it, you know. And so there's a sense of, oh, if I recognize that all of this is impermanent and this is just kind of a fleeting experience that's a passing show, I can relax. You know, and if I can relax and recognize that I keep freezing the world to feel safe, that's what we do. We freeze our experiences to feel safe. That suddenly we go, oh, wait a minute. You know, is that true? And suddenly that truth of impermanence uh, actually brings incredible joy. You know, it is one of the fundamental happinesses is that we start going, oh, you know, this is... A fleeting passing world and the more I hold on the more I struggle the more I suffer the more I understand and see uh, the actual fundamental nature of it uh, then there is uh, you know uh, this uh, letting go through impermanence uh, is the precursor and also ultimately it is a doorway to liberation you know, and you'll keep working with this. It's not like something that, you know, sometimes I think, oh, you'll get it. No, no, 
This is a, it, these are processes that you keep, uh, in a sense, uh, seeing it from so many different angles. But the truth is, this truth about liberation is it's first one I'm speaking of is this impermanence, you know. It's, um, you know, sometimes I think, oh, I could never say enough about this, even though, you know, it is considered, I think, uh, you know, um, Bhikkhu Bodhi calls it the, the bedrock of Buddhism, you know, uh, this impermanence, you know, because it's the first thing we start, we suffer and then we start seeing that, oh, this is actually the way it is, you know, uh, the way it's happening, you know. So that's kind of the first one that I wanted to bring up. And they're really, I'm going to deal with five of these. One of them is the body uh, and um, uh, a thing called opinions and views. You've heard of these, you know. And, um, you know, and then there is um, this... uh, 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 you know, this radical creation of a thing called a self, you know. And that is also, uh, there has to be some way of seeing into uh, for this process of liberation. And then the, the, the fifth one is about awareness, you know, and um, kind of holds all this in some way. So these are the kind of the areas I want to piddle, uh, piddle with, you know because they are uh, the fundamentals uh, that, uh, in a sense, uh, help you kind of release uh, what you have been uh, wanting, you know. So uh, the second one is about the body, you know. And the body is spoken about, you know, in, the, in kind of the tradition. First of all, um, I wish I, I don't, the quote actually is down below, but Ajahn Moon talks about, you know, that there is this truth of, uh, if we see, if we see into uh, the impermanence and the suffering and the selfless nature of these processes, uh, that uh, do not leave your body. It's just like where I started this. Don't leave it. It is, it is the only, in a sense, the only vehicle you got. And so uh, you need to honor it and recognize that um, it carries all, uh, all of it. You know, an experience of enlightenment, by the way, uh, doesn't happen out there. What does it happen in? It has to happen through the body. And so the senses... And what we know as mind, uh, in a sense, has to be uh, liberated for a moment to see uh, how it holds itself and constructs itself around uh, these principles, you know. And the Buddha simply talked about them as, uh, you know, they are kind of the, what he called the five aggregates or uh, the, you know, the, uh, really, they are the, what, um, the components uh, of uh, and it maybe it's somewhat simplistic, but the, these components are uh, pretty easy in some ways. So first, there has to be form, and form uh, is that uh, that body itself, and with that body uh, comes uh, a thing called you. If you're feeling, you know, and uh, when there's feeling, then there is. Uh, perception, uh, memory, 
uh, in a sense of recognition. It doesn't say you do anything with it. So that's the third one is perception and memory and recognition. And the fourth one uh, is, um, you know, volitional formations. We Mental formations. We make up uh, the whole thing. You got it? You know, we make it all up. These other are components. They're simple. You know, it's simply that because there's a body and there's the, you know, and what is uh, essentially um, feeling? Uh, feeling in kind of... Uh, Buddhist psychology is really simple. It's 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 there's pleasant, there's unpleasant, and there's not non-pleasant, non-unpleasant. There are three fundamental flavors to experience, and they are the in a sense kind of the bedrock, which then allows uh, what we know as this uh, perception, this ability to recognize uh, through memory, uh, through recognition. You know, and then there's uh, you could say concocting. You know, we kind of uh, we take uh, these simple things and we uh, create this incredible thing called uh, re- our reality. You know, uh, through these. You know, and then there is the the truth that okay, so you have these components. You know, but you also have consciousness and I'm talking these are all relative uh, states so they all in a sense they all have to be there for you to be here you know you have to have the form you have to have a feeling you have to have uh, this perception pure perception is you know it's not it's just simply the knowing and then there is the concocting or the making up uh, and uh, and uh, what is it that uh, is the igniter is consciousness. And consciousness, in this sense, relative, is something that's constantly arising and passing away faster than we could ever imagine. So we think of it, you know, I think of it sometimes as like a candle. You look at a candle, and, and if you look from way, it's it looks like a solid thing. But this is the thing, you get very close to that candle. And that's really what these practices are about. We get really close and we begin to see that, okay, there is the karma, you know, the wax. And there is the uh, wick. And then there is the flame. And what is actually happening is that it looks solid, but it's actually just something that's reigniting itself just at incredible speeds, you know. And uh, so it creates, in a sense, a delusion, you know, that's, that it's solid. And yet, from that vantage point, no, it's just, uh, again, another uh, way of seeing that this is, uh, in, you know, in a sense, something that's completely in flux, you know. What's lovely, if you know it's in flux, it means also uh, you aren't, who you are. You know, it's like you're not uh, married to your memories. You're not married to the perception. You know, it actually has this ability to say, oh, I can act by seeing through it. There is uh, another way of being, another way of seeing, another way of um, looking at, uh, at our world.
Uh, I'd like, I, this is from uh, uh, the Venerable Mahabua. I, it's interesting. I, every year I, when I'm up in Chiang Mai, I go to this temple and the Thais, they, they make these life-size, uh, I don't know if they use plastic or wax or whatever, but they are, you know, life-size uh, images uh, of these old saints, you know, and uh, they're quite remarkable. So I, I want to read this because it's really about, um, it's kind of where I want to go with all this on some level. Whatever arises has to vanish. Whatever is true, whatever is a natural principle in and of itself won't vanish. In other words, the pure mind won't vanish. Everything of every sort may vanish, but that which knows they're vanishing doesn't vanish. There's this vanishing and that vanishing. But the one which knows they're vanishing doesn't vanish. So you see where I'm going? No. Whether or not we try to leave it untouched, untouched, it keeps on knowing. Okay? So it keeps on knowing. So we also, so that's the kind of the fundamentals there, but it's not, uh, you know, in a sense, um, how we cloud and confuse uh, how we are. And so there is the kind of the, the, the truth of impermanence and the ability for it to liberate. There is the body that uh, ultimately, when it's um, recognized in, in, in a sense, uh, seen through, it also is a, is, is a way of liberation. And the third is opinions uh, and views, you know. And uh, one of the difficulties in all this is um, we have these incredible imprints, you know, that we have, um, you know, from childhood, from our culture, from our schools, from our parents, uh, there are these uh, imprints and those imprints have uh, created a, a, a way we look at things, you know. And the ideals here, what is liberation from views and opinions, you know, uh, is uh, actually, uh, this is a phenomenal uh, practice. I, I have another piece, and this I, I really want to uh, attribute. This is, um, if I can find it here, where is it? Um, And this is uh, from the Venerable uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. You know. Do not be bound by any doctrine, theory, or ideology, even Buddhist. All systems are guiding means. They are not absolute truths. Do not think that the knowledge you possess is changeless, absolute truth. Avoid, avoid being narrow-minded and bound by present views. Non-attachment from views to be able to receive others' views. Renounce fanaticism and narrowness. It's nice, huh? You know, because, uh, wow, we walk around in these little uh, kind of boxes and, and we project, you know, of how it's supposed to be, 
you know. It's interesting, you know, the, the Venerable Ajahn Chah, you know, uh, one of his lines was, you know, um, the thing that separates human being from human being are views, opinions, and judgments. Right? That's what does it. It, it, it separates. And, you know, a human being is a human being. Uh, we have those those aggregates, those, those kind of these components, we're all uh, caught in the same kind of play, you know. This is another, this is out of the text, you know. Those who cling to perceptions and views wonder the world offending people. I wonder, no, no, I won't go there. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, another kind of uh, translation of that is uh, butting heads in the world, you know. And uh, so here, here is a, a chance, you know. First of all, we're talking about liberation here. Can we free ourselves up from, you know, sometimes uh, I think of it as, you know, kind of the, it is a, a tyranny uh, that we have carried uh, uh, sometimes forever, you know. <laughs> that actually, uh, in some ways, uh, you know, it goes back to the colored glasses, you know, that we have all, in a sense, uh, created these imprinted colored glasses, and we go around seeing the world through those colored glasses, you know. And the insight practice, the, the, the that, that that liberates us from uh, kind of the, Oh, it is, I'll say, the stagnation of, uh, of the solidity of our uh, views and opinions and judgments about it all. That somehow uh, we come here, and first of all, we, have you noticed that when you sit here, you, all kinds of things go through your mind? You know? And that uh, a lot of those are, you know, they say they're, uh, what is it, uh, 90,000 thoughts a day and 85% of them are repeats. <laughs> you know? How embarrassing. You know? But here, I th- the idea is, no, that's just, you know, in the sense, it's the way it is. We, we kind of do that, you know? Um, but the practice here is first to, you know, in a sense, uh, what's interesting about views and opinions is, is that... Um, if we actually are sensitive and we feel the uh, conditioning, uh, particularly of the heart, that somehow, you know, we are not free. Uh, we are not liberated. Uh, we are caught, uh, you know, in a, in a, in, in a sense, as kind of a, a kind of imprisonment of how it is, you know? And so we have to begin this process and it's really not, you don't have to, and sometimes I think, you know, there are other systems, you know, where you have to think about it. Here, we just noticed the power uh, in the conditioning and feel the actual, you know, sometimes just the, the uh, it is, it, there is kind of a, a righteousness can, has a pain. It has its own, you know, suffering. And you know that it's coming out of protectionism and fear, you know. And so the sensitivity that we kind of create here 
It's not that we're trying to change that. We're trying to notice how uh, we're pushed and affected by that. And if we begin to notice how we're pushed and affected by that, there is a natural, natural consequence here. You know? You begin this process of, we, we talk about this as deconstruction. So deconstructing uh, your views and opinions and judgments and, and uh, which actually affects then your fears, you know? And uh, your, this is why it's liberation. It means that somehow uh, that that was constructed around, uh, basically uh, around contraction and fear, uh, is we, we present ourselves to it, you know? And I think ultimately what happens here is we see the truth of it and we surrender. You know, we're actually surrendering. So, the next piece here is around, uh, you know, I'll I'll qualify this, is um, the Buddha really never said there was a self or there wasn't a self, you know? And so one of the ways of constructing this, because we always hear about, oh, anatta, you know? You're supposed to understand this, you know? And intellectually, by the way, no way, okay? You're not going to, you know, you can argue about this and do all kinds of things, but this is not, uh, it's not workable, you know. And so, uh, one of the ways to hold this is, is, is called the two truths, you know. And the two truths is, 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 you know, I'm John, I'm still John, and I'm a neurotic, and I have uh, all my conditioning, uh, which I'm working on still, Okay. Uh, it's all, you know, shoot, you know, I was a long-haired hippie and then I was a monk and then I, then I was just a mess, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I had really learned, what is it, uh, you know, I really learned transcendence, you know. And uh, so, you know, coming back here was, was a total catastrophe, you know. 30 years old, sort of never worked, never did any, didn't know anything, you know. And, um, you know, I had done the ultimate spiritual bypass. I was good, you know. And I came back here and had to, you know, enter into... um, This is a very complex society. You know, it's really... You know, this is... Excuse me, I guess the word heavy duty, uh, you know, kind of qualifies you know, how it works here. But there are these two truths, you know, and one of them, yes, it's, a, it's kind of, hey, you're a mess, you know? And if, you know, if you gave us a little time to kind of dig in there and, uh, you know, if we could take and start to imprint all over the walls here, uh, your thoughts, you know? It would be a disaster, you know? Uh, it, it would just be a mess, you know? Um, you get it? You know, it's just, we don't want to know. <laughs> you know? Uh, but there's this other part of this, is there's that relative, and you're, you are in this process of, of uh, first, you know, you have to see, you have to see before you can let go. You know? So we're here kind of seeing uh, 
so that we can actually at least thin it out somewhat, you know? So, um, actually, you know, the Buddha was not very interested in the relative you, you know? He had a bigger idea going on, and this is really the second truth, is that, you know, there is a a universal here. And that universal uh, is, in a sense, uh, uh, you know, an unconditioned person who sits uh, with you in that seat, you know? And uh, it is not relative. Uh, It is actually absolute, you know? And uh, our practice is, in a sense, uh, you're not going to change who you are. Sorry about that. Wrong, wrong retreat, you know? (laughs) Uh, What you're going to do is you're going to see kind of your operating system and first you're going to be aghast you know and you're going to see all your you know all your judgments and people you didn't like it's it's just unfathomable how much junk uh it's you know sometimes this room you know it seems so peaceful and nice and everything you know (laughs) and everybody's oh they're so quiet and look at them and you know oh i'm just the one going through all this stuff well, no, this is actually, uh, this is kind of a, a psychic garbage dump, you know? And just, you know, it's just being, bleh, you're just doing it over and over, you know? And it's not that it's good or bad, it's just that, you know, it is a deconditioning. So you begin to see, you know, that uh, the relative truth uh, in uh, kind of parallel with uh and this is the part about the liberation is, is, oh, the liberation is right there. You know, in a way, sometimes I think, oh, it's sitting right beside you all the time. You know? And, uh, and it's always been your friend. You know? And it is uh, not the nature, uh, you know, of any condition. It's, it's the unconditioned. You know? And that you are actually a product of the unconditioned. Uh, who is caught in their conditioning, you know. So this is what we're kind of in the process of untangling, you know. So the kind of fifth of this is, um, you know, once we start seeing that the, um, you know, and I want to say about the, the idea of the self is that somehow in this process, and I will call it process, there is a thinning, a thinning, you're not going to get rid of the self, okay? So sorry, you know? And certainly not the relative one. But you're going to begin to thin out uh, the need of its identity. You know, just thin it out. And the only way to thin it out is to see how its operating system and how it captivates and holds you and causes you suffering, you know? So we have uh, something that uh, is absolutely uh, marvelous. And uh, it is kind of the fifth of these things, and it's uh, simply awareness, you know? And so, uh, uh, it, first of all, the unfettered, unconditioned awareness uh, has the power to liberate completely. How's that? And it is... Uh, something that uh, uh, you touch uh, here and there, 
you know. But it's also, uh, it goes back to Mahabua. It, it, it's, you know, everything vanishes, but there is something that knows. You know, and that that knows, uh, ultimately, you know, it was never something, you never harmed it. Uh, there's, you cannot, no matter, I don't care how much junk you went through, you never harmed that part of yourself. You know, uh, it is uh, the backdrop uh, to all of this, you know. And it's interesting because in the practices, we have these relative practices to kind of undo our junk, you know, which is kind of looking at the breath and the body and, you know, the conditioning. And I realize that we need to kind of liberate or thin ourselves out from it, you know. And then there is what's holding all this, you know. And this is your birthright, you know. And... uh how does how do you notice it? Well, you've always been in it. Okay, you cannot you cannot be separated from it. But you've always been looking past it. You know. So there's a piece here of saying, "Oh, wait. Uh, you mean this is what's holding everything? And how is that? You know." So we have to have a few analogies. My my favorite one, of course, is the sky. You know. Uh, we are so fixated on the clouds, you know? And all of our world is somehow we control or, you know, know what happens. It's, it's all in the relative, uh, which is uh, passing in front of our, uh, you know, our senses, you know? But even when things are crappy, and the, cloud, the clouds are everywhere. And the, you can't see the sky at all. Is the sky still there? Is it still there? You know? The same way that in this kind of the way to look at it is it's the awareness is always there. So one of the arts of these practices, you know, is the ability to kind of stay in the body, to recognize the impermanence of all these things, to not grasp uh, at our belief systems, our views, our opinions, uh, our judgments. Uh, there is uh, the ability to uh, recognize the uh, suffering in the relative self and uh, the uh, freedom of the absolute. You know? And that that capacity to understand that we have always been walking around um, with the sky as it is. It's, 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 there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing you will ever uh, be able to manipulate. You can't, it, I don't care how much control you have, this is not going to work, right? You can play with the clouds a little, a little, you know. But you cannot play with the vastness of this sky or this awareness, you know. And so how is it that when we come to this, what, what is it that allows us to actually, first of all, recognize and then rest, you know. And so fundamentally, uh, kind of the ultimate practice here uh, is about relaxation and ease. And, um, you know, in a sense, it's kind of saying, I, I don't need to interfere. And uh, because I don't interfere, then 
I have this kind of wide-angle lens that even when it gets cloudy, even when it gets completely clouded, I still have this knowledge that that awareness uh, is still, it is my birthright, it's still with me, you know. You're not going to get out of this. You know. Uh, everyone in this room is going to die. You know. And uh, that is uh, factual. You know. And so in a way, uh, our ability to recognize, oh, there's a place that we can, uh, in a sense, uh, because what is it that allows us to recognize this uh this panoramic, this wide-angle uh, lens and truth uh, is, um, you know, uh, this ability, you know? And the ability is to simply, uh, first of all, it, it cannot, if there's any tension whatsoever, we miss it, you know? So it's really a practice of uh, finding a, a sense of peace and ease, and that peace and ease then, uh, and we kind of titrate back and forth. We, we, we can only do this for a moment, like moments and moments. It's, oh, okay, I got it. No, I forgot it. Okay, I got it. Oh, I forgot it. Oh, I got it. I forgot it. And so there's that kind of titrating that happens. And then there is, uh, I hope that instead of relying on the relative, uh, you know, impermanent conditions that happen, uh, we begin to begin to trust that uh, the sky, uh, that uh, wide-angle lens that holds all things, that awareness, uh, that uh, you know, um, it is unconditioned, uh, unfettered. You know, that it is uh, what we begin to begin to trust. And I think for me, after all these years, this is this is where it's at. We, we, the clouds, oh my God, you know? These are volitional formations. It means that we, we did things, you know, from this view uh, that uh, is part of the accumulation of who we are and how it works. And so we suffer, you know? But we also have this other ability, you know? And uh, it basically says, oh, you know, if I kind of allow and I find that peace and ease, and I don't struggle, I don't fight with it, I don't try to control it, I don't try to make it into something, that uh, it has a simple nature. It releases, you know. You know, I never got to my poem, but and I will now. You know, eh, beginnings, endings, you know, it's all, uh, all worthwhile. It's called The Secret, Ordinariness. Walking out into the center of the field, 
standing, standing in the center of myself. Mind, mind, looking at mind. Watching the sun set over spirit rock. The moon rises over and over. This cycle, this cycle repeats itself. Standing in the center of the field, the thousand faces carved in memory. Stories remembered, so, so well crafted. Covering the heart like the clouds hiding the moon. Covering the heart like the clouds hiding the moon. The bonfire spent, leaving unburnt. Pieces of heart scattered, scattered everywhere. Bones from the old fires gathered, gathered like firewood. Having, having collected them all, laying them on this simple altar, worshiping them, hoping they don't rot and decay like our dreams. Squeezing every bit of time, every bit of time out of it. Hoping they will light again. Giving back the bonfire of the heart. Noting, noting the leaning forward. We make this subtle shift. A Buddha sitting on his Zafu. Just sit for a moment. The frogs are cheering you on. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.